Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming, episode 96. I'm Evan Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we're watching all the horror movies currently available for streaming on the internet. So you don't have to. This week, we'll be talking about the third Jaws film, Jaws 3D, from 1983. The threequel, in fact. (laughs) Which comes to us from HBO Max. This film was directed by Joe Alves and written by Richard Matheson and Carl Gottlieb. Joe Alves was the production designer for the first two Jaws films. Carl Gottlieb did punch-ups at Spielberg's request on the first Jaws film and then stuck around to work on Jaws 2 oh, and 3. Oh, funny. Uh, and Richard Matheson is best known as the writer of I Am Legend. Uh, also oh, known I as did know that. Omega Man. I've read I Am Legend. It's fine. Better than this script? No, maybe not. We could circle back to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he also is a screenwriter as well. It's just that he's most famous for that one novella that, you know, made a big pop culture impact. Yeah. I would say that I'm not a fan of his other scripts. Uh, movies like What Dreams May Come and Stir of Echoes and Real Steel with Hugh Jackman and a robot. Is that a robot? Yeah, I was going to say, is that a robot movie? It is a robot movie. This film comes to us from HBO Max, like I mentioned, which is also where you could watch Jaws 1, 2, and 4. Liz. Really, just so you can watch Jaws 1. How do you feel about Jaws? I was going to ask. Like... <laughs> just watch the first Jaws, which is the best movie ever made. It's my favorite movie. I'd say it's my number one favorite. Um, I've seen it so many times. I love reciting along with it whenever I watch it. It's the best. It's perfect. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, any prior experience with Jaws sequels? No. None at all. I remember you telling me one time that one of the Jaws is about... A shark getting revenge. I imagine it's revenge. Isn't it called Jaws Revenge or Jaws something? Jaws like the Revenge. That's yeah. four. Um, so I, I knew of that one, but I didn't know anything about two or three. Well, two is a direct sequel and has Roshider in it. I did know that from my trivia. Three, which we're about to talk about, is about a SeaWorld adventure. And four is about uh, revenge and has Michael Caine in it. The easiest way to praise Jaws 3D, which we're about to talk about, is to say at least it's not Jaws 4. <laughs> Which is one of the worst films I've That's seen. That's what pe- I feel like people, from what I was seeing, people were comparing them a lot. And I get, I, here's the thing. <laughs> I get it because of the last 15 minutes of Jaws 3D. I don't think for the first like seven eighths that it's a bad movie. I think it's a fine movie for most of the movie. And then it gets really, really, really bad at the end. And that's how I feel. Whereas I think the, premise of Jaws the Revenge is just an absolute bananas premise in the first place. Yeah, I don't think... I think this movie's kind of poorly executed. I'm not as endeared by it as you are. Um, I would agree that the end is what really sinks it. But I think that throughout... I, I would not want to lead our listeners astray. This is not a good movie. Oh, but it's fun, though. I think it's fun. You didn't ask me what you usually ask me, which is if I would recommend it. Would <laughs> I you? feel like I actually would. Because here's the thing. The things about it that are bad, they're not bad in a way that's, like, offensive. Like, to compare, we just watched all of the Friday the 13th a few months ago, yes? Mm -hmm. And some of the movies in that franchise, the ones that are good and fun, the ones that I liked, had fun characters and uh, fun kills, Mm -hmm. you know, a little bit of suspense and drama and maybe some gore and it's fun. And the ones I hated, I hated because they felt, like, actively, like, offensive to me in some way. Like, I was like, this is, like, really bad. I mean, I tend to be a script person anyway, not so much a filmmaking person. So maybe that's part of why, like, this movie didn't bother me as much. 
because I feel like the real flaws in it are in the filmmaking. Hmm. Because the script, I think, is really just fine. Again, I wouldn't call it, like, offensive, except for its portrayal of SeaWorld, which in the 80s, I don't think we can really call that a real flaw. But I just, I don't know. I think that it's it's fun. It's I mean, Dennis Quaid's in it. It's fun. I like it. It's fun. I want to say I don't like it, but I want to say that I, <laughs> I don't disagree with what you're saying. I actually, I fully concur that this is akin to other 80s, like, cheap slasher movies, yeah. right? Like, uh, it, it's 3D coming out the same year as Amityville 3D. You know, that's a franchise right. that everybody asked for and needed would, to be in 3D, right? I would compare the 3D elements to Friday the 13th that was in 3D, where it's just like a lot of stuff coming out of the screen at you. That being said, I think that the worst thing that a movie like this can be is to feel like a waste of time. And I think that this feels that way to me. I think that it does lack the character stuff. It definitely lacks the quality kills especially compared to a Friday the 13th, but like mm. compared to Jaws, right? Which isn't even, is, well, a, yes. is a movie Comparing that's so, to Jaws, okay. it's perfect. But again, like we're, that's the, that's the context we're talking about this in, right? And we haven't sure. done, we have not done a Halloween sequel on this podcast, but it's kind of similar to the way I feel about later Halloween sequels, which is when you've got such a perfect Genesis point, the bar is a little higher. All the Friday the 13th movies, which I love, aren't that good in the first place. Right. It's it's disposable slasher fun. And that's, again, that's what we come to movies like it for, you know? Yeah. I, I will not yeah, say yeah. anything to disparage the Friday the 13th franchise, really, because it's I gobble that shit up. But it's not the paragon of filmmaking. Jaws? Jaws, even more than Carpenter's yeah. Halloween. Jaws may be the paragon of filmmaking. But see, I would compare this less to, I mean... Again, 80s slashers, absolutely. I think that it very much is in that in that vein, especially with like our kind of four characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like the big bad business guy. Like that's all very familiar. But in comparing kills, especially, I don't think we can compare kills done by a shark to kills done by Freddy or Jason or Michael because they all have like brains i guess one could argue that some of them don't but like a shark is a shark there's only so many ways a shark can kill someone and i feel like i would compare this to something like shark lake a truly bad film just genuinely like among some of the lowest we've seen on this podcast Mm -hmm. this i think does a little bit more creatively and is a little bit more fun Again, I don't want to disagree with you because I I think you're fundamentally correct. I think that the the difference maker here for me, the fatal flaw, is to try to make a shark movie, not just like an 80s slasher, but also in this franchise. Sure. In particular, because you're right, there's a limit to what sharks can do. And frankly, one of the reasons that I'm less endeared to this as I am to cheap 80s slashers and horror movies that also look kind of janky is that if you're making a shark movie, you're biting off a lot. Uh, and in, no pun intended. No, no pun intended, actually. <laughs> it's a lot to finagle the animals yeah. that are used in this, as well as the, the 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 prosthetics and the machinery that literally broke down on Spielberg's original. Yes. That is the reason the movie is the way it is. For a Friday the 13th sequel, all you need is, you know, some gore effects, right? Yeah. And you get you get a talent in there to make those work, and it's fine. Yeah. This is not a cheap movie. This movie costs $18 million to make. This movie costs more than E.T. 
So this isn't, I, I, you're totally right. Everything you're saying is totally right. However, this is like a blockbuster. This is a movie that has a studio behind it, has a lot of money behind it. And so when it fails, I'm less endeared by it. I mean, I I was looking up some projections. So it's about, it's about $50 million today. Like Mm -hmm. when the Charlie's Angels reboot is bad, like I'm not endeared by it. When the new Rambo sequel Hmm. or Joker are movies I don't like, because that's the comparable budget here. It's not Friday the 13th, you know? Sure, sure, sure. And so... Hey, it's fair. To me, especially this movie feels really corporate boardroom-y. I mean, the SeaWorld stuff, we, we'll, we'll talk about it's, it for sure. That's complicated, But yeah. this is not... An underdog. An underdog. It's not a little project that could buy people who love horror trying to make sure i guess that's i i that's not necessarily why i'm endeared by it and endearing i think is even maybe too strong a word i think that there is value in being able to laugh at something that isn't really doing any harm you know sure 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 like and i think that's kind of the feel like we'll get to why the end is so bad but like it didn't make me angry it just made me laugh you know and when i hear i'll give you some trivia later but like the trivia stories of this they're not like, oh my god, oh no, awkward. Like, yeah. ooh, they're funny. They're they're genuinely really funny to me. And so there's just a like, the value I would say in watching this movie is not necessarily to like have a good time, even because it's endearing, but to have a good time because like it's just so dumb, and the whole history of it is dumb, and it's all just kind of like, oh my god, so ridiculous. You know what I mean? You're right, and I don't want to give anyone the impression that I hated this movie because it it doesn't make me angry. It bored me. And it's very boring in the middle. That's that's sort of the the frustration I have. And again, it bored me, and it's a blockbuster, right? Like yeah. it's it's there to get my butt in the seat, and they spent a lot of money trying to get my butt in the seat. So yeah. I also just wanted to say we will talk about the ending, but I don't want to like hang that lampshade and walk away. It's because it looks bad. Yeah, it's that purely is, technical. That is the thing you need to understand as we talk through all of this is that all of it looks bad for various reasons. It gets worse for, and worse from special because effects. The special effects get worse. To filmmaking, sure, everything about it looks bad. I, I really just don't think that. There was a lot of talent behind the camera here. Is ouch! It's so sad say. because he worked on the both both of the other Jawses. Like he was clearly a, you know, he was. I know he was recommended for the role by someone else who worked on Jaws. Yeah. Like he was like set up to succeed in this role, and he was very very familiar and very responsible for the shark in Jaws. Yeah, yeah, the animatronic in Jaws one, which I think looks amazing. I know they had a lot of problems with it, but it's a it's a great looking shark. The result is great. That's the that's the ultimate story of like yes. salvaging a really bad shoot. Yes. Though. And so I I wanted him to succeed because I wanted it to be like, oh my God, no, this is not just some rando they brought in. This is a Jaws man. It, it should feel like a labor of love. Yeah. To me it doesn't. I agree. But I wish it did. You want to talk about this movie? Yeah, let's do it. Plot. <laughs> It's not complicated. Well, actually, it's not complicated until it gets way too complicated. Yeah, I don't even want to get into all of the the work drama, but Dennis no. Quaid, <laughs> little baby Dennis Quaid, plays He's so cute. Mike Brody, the child of Roy Scheider. Mm-hmm. Martin Brody. Did you forget his name? No. Okay, good. Because he's not the child of Roy Scheider. He's the child of Martin Brody. Chief Martin Brody. <laughs> Say his name. <laughs> Respect. Say his name. <laughs> um, he and his girlfriend work at SeaWorld. His brother, the other Brody child, mm-hmm. his name is Sean, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. I definitely don't remember it. He's just know. a oh, jock yeah. dude. He's just a meathead who's yeah. scared of the water. Mm-hmm. And his For girlfriend are their homies. They pal around SeaWorld, doing their jobs. She's a marine biologist. She's like really smart. 
Yeah. And like does she helps train the dolphins and everything. Both research and like um performance stuff for the SeaWorld audiences, right? Yeah. Like she's actually involved in the like she seems like a behaviorist sig- yeah. kind of. Yeah, like not so much like a trainer, but she She's knows, like a researcher. She's she like knows a the animals, but but specifically their psychology, it seems like, so she can help in the training, aid in the training. She's like, yeah, she's just actually she kind of does everything. And uh Dennis Quaid's character is like very administrative. Like it seems like he doesn't really know anything about marine biology. <laughs> he clearly cares about the animals and like loves the water, but he seems to be more in a managerial role. Yeah. He does think a shark is a mammal at one point, and which is just It's a whole thing. It's a really weird it's it's very weird. The gate is broken. I'm, I'm going to move through this plot and please slow yeah, me ahead. down. No. The gate is broken. They have to go fix it. When the guy goes to fix it, he gets killed by a shark. They're like, holy shit. A shark. A shark. They go down to check it out. They find a shark. They're like, oh, we got to run away from the shark. So they run. And they're trying to save the dolphins, too, who are also in danger. So they go back to the park and the shark makes it sneaks in the gate. Well, yeah. Well, the thing that, like, we should say that I think is, like, really key to the understanding of where the shark is at all times. It, and it, like, and it's why, like, there's just a point where it's, like, this is too technical, is that there's the open ocean. Yeah. And then there's the water that's inside of SeaWorld. That's, like, fenced underneath like, um, underwater, there's, like, a, a fence and a gate that you can yeah. allow animals in and so out. So it's not, like, even that they're in the aquarium yet. They're still in, like, the ocean, and it's open water. And they're not, like, they're not controlling what goes in and out of this water specifically. But, like, the shark can be in the park and still be swimming around, and they can't, they don't know where it is. Because there's, it's... It's, it's adjacent a big, to yeah, it's a ocean. big amount of, a, big, a, a lot of water. I've never been to And not be, like, physically in an aquarium. I've never been to SeaWorld. I should also mention. I've never I, been I don't to know SeaWorld what the fuck either. this is like. Neither do I. And I'm, not... I'm also assuming it's different now than it was in the 80s. Sure. But no, I've never been to any kind of performing animal show, marine animal show. This all obviously makes it look very exciting with the dolphins flipping in the air and stuff. Yeah, they got water skiers doing all kinds of stuff too. Oh my God, those water skiers. Uh, the shark gets in. They find out the shark's in. This becomes a publicity thing. They get the shark. They Yeah. They're like, we're going to kill the shark. And there's a TV. photographer there. He's like, he's only here for this very short time. Yes. So they're like, we can milk as much publicity as we can. We killed the killer shark. Catherine, the girlfriend. Catherine, is like, that's who I was no, trying to think of her name of. He's we like, should ha- keep the shark captive in a fun way. Captive is not the word she uses. <laughs> no, but her point is like, we should just fucking murder this animal. Yeah. There are no great whites in captivity is what she says. Yeah. And so we could be the, we could not the good publicity that we're the only ones with a great shark in captivity, but also we could take care of it and study also just it. don't be cruel to animals yeah she loves animals she loves sharks um she wants to like care for this animal um more than anybody else in this entire movie she's the only one who gives a shit uh that shark dies can why? we talk about it why the shark dies i because i think it's horrible and fascinating i think it's like a very 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 sad scene um and not what i expected was going to happen at all for like a horror movie mm-hmm. which is that they have this great white it's quite small like, yeah. they kind of don't address that at first when they bring the shark in. I think it's, in. like, 10 feet long. It's quite little for, like, what you would think would be this great white shark. And obviously, if you've seen Jaws 1, you're like, but the bite radius. Like, Do you think that they've seen Jaws, the characters in this movie? What do you mean? They're really scared of sharks. And I know that Jaws is, like, it really made really shark, of sharks. 
the people in this movie... All the people or just the Brodies because they haven't seen Jaws, they lived it. That's true. I think it's just the Brodies. Everyone else is so chill. Everyone else is like... They're not chill, they want to kill it. Sure, but for publicity, not because they're scared of it. That's a good point. I did forget that this is a direct sequel and those are the Brodies for a second. (laughs) I was asking because I feel like Jaws really made sharks... Like scary, like really contributed to shark fear. I mean, people talk about that all the time. That like that great white sharks are not something to fear, and that Jaws caused shark panic. I just don't know what shark panic was like pre nineteen seventy five. The the reason I brought up people are like scared of sharks is because when the I don't know what they they're water skiers, but they're like gymnast water skiers Mm -hmm. because they do poses. Anyway, there's water skiers putting on a show. When they see a shark in the water, they all lose their minds. Their brains get scrambled. They, like, jump in the water because they're so scared. They're so scared. Which, which is so dumb. We talked about while they were watching it that, like, they're up there, and I'm like, the safer thing for you to do if you saw a shark in the water, the shark is probably not going to leap yeah. out of the water and kill you because that only happens in movies. So what's going to kill you is if you fall off and start splashing around in the water. That's what everybody which is knows. What is they what... scream and flail. And flail, which is like, oh, seals for the shark to eat. Uh... What would make more sense is if they just finished their little routine and just went back to shore and disembarked normally. Um, anyway, I, I don't think shark. I don't think that shark fear was as bad as it what like was as bad as it was before Jaws the book came out and then Jaws the movie came out. The book was also heavily responsible. It's not true. just the movie. It was the book. The writer of the book is the one who was like, "Hey, everybody, <laughs> I didn't mean to do this. Stop freaking out about sharks and wanting to kill them." But I still think if you were familiar with the water. You would be a little bit scared of sharks, especially if one was following you in a boat. It's not, they don't see a shark 800 feet away and scream. The shark is literally like up beside their boat. So I would understand looking down, seeing the fin and being like, that shark is going to eat us. You know what I mean? Sure. Anyway, the people who are really afraid of the sharks in this movie are the Brodies, because even the girlfriend is is like, let's get out there in the water, even though they know people have already died. They're like, they're like, no, no, it's going to be fine. Like, the shark isn't going to come in here. And little Brody, Brody Jr. is just like, this is the worst idea ever. To your point, yes, the scene with the, the little shark is very sad. Yes, yeah, sorry. The, I don't know what you're apologizing. Big... I cut you off. <laughs> I went on a tangent. <laughs> the big bad business guy, um, who is one of those classic 80s capitalist villains with um, money signs for eyes, yep. um, is just like, how can we make the most money at all times? I know. Let's put the shark, the great white, in like a shallow wading pool. Like it, re- it was reminiscent to me of like the place where I have at aquariums, like pet the stingrays. Yeah. Like you're right there. It's not in a tank. It's not in a pool that's separated by like fences and stuff. There's just people. It's probably like two feet deep because they're standing in it. Yeah, standing up against like the wall looking at this great shark that's swimming around. And the second that Catherine realizes this, she screams and starts running for the pool. And of course, in my head, I'm like, oh my God, this shark is going to like jump out and kill someone. Like some little kid's going to put their hand in the water and the shark's going to grab it. But it's not that. It's that literally the shark cannot breathe breathe because the water's so shallow and so it's i think it's actually heartbreaking and when when they brought the shark in they were already clearly having trouble getting the shark to breathe properly like Mm -hmm. in captivity um they had to like aerate him several times and so there's just this really heartbreaking scene of Catherine jumping into the pool and like leading the shark 
around and trying to like, I guess I'm kind of massage air, like trying to get him to swim so that he can breathe. I'm like getting teared up talking about All right. I'm going to, I love sharks so much, but he dies. It's so sad. I hear you. It's so sad. I think that it's really undercut by the fact that the um, shark thing, it, it looks very rubber. The thing that she's leading around. um, I hear you. I think. I don't know. I disagree. From a suspension of disbelief perspective, yes, it's a very sad scene in the film. Me sitting there watching it, I was like, this looks so stupid. These poor actors having to seriously act with this prop that looks so cheap. I don't think it looked cheap at all. That's so funny. I mean, it looks ridiculous because it's, like, dead. Like, it's it's not moving. You know? It is a prop, but that's because it's unconscious. Like, by the time she even gets in the pool, remember, it's already tipping over onto its side. Yeah, I don't think that was a real shark. I think that was, in fact, a rubber... No, but that's that's what... It's dying. So that's why it was flopping over like that. That's well, how I she understand. knew it was in trouble. So, like, that's... It being immobile did not bother me because that's what the shark would also look like if it was real. It looked pretty rubber to me. I think that that's just how sharks look also. Do you not think sharks look rubbery when you, like, look at them? Like, dolphins are very rubbery. That's, like, what the texture of I their... think the scale is an important part here. Literally, a human woman is just... Pushing a shark around the water. I don't know. It looked very silly to me. I think that was my problem with it. Maybe you just don't know anything about sharks. Because I don't. What Am people I look to? like when they. I mean, I don't know. Sorry, that's what people look like when they push sharks around. Yes, when they're trying to aerate a shark. <laughs> You've seen a shark aerated before. Yes. We have lived very different have lives. Have you never heard this thing about how sharks have to keep moving or they die? I think that's kind of a myth, but like it, it comes as part of like a real marine biology thing of like. You have to, if a shark is unconscious, you have to Why move them around. Why haven't you been to SeaWorld? It seems like Because it treats animals very badly. I wanted to go into marine biology. Maybe that's the part of yeah. this. If I was going to be a scientist, it'd be a marine biologist. I love sharks so much. I love whales. I love marine life. I love the ocean. So yes, I am coming. Yeah. We're just not <laughs> on an even... On a very emotional level. We're not an even playing field, like, <laughs> conversationally, that I just, like... If that's what it looks like, I'm sorry it looks silly to me. Even if that's okay, real. You don't have a heart... That poor Again, shark it's a sad died. scene. It's just, oh my god. Anyway, I'm moving on. So the next day, um, another fucking guy dies, and they're like, wait a second. Whoa! I thought the shark was dead. Also, uh, uh, you couldn't see that, but it was me holding my arms apart to demonstrate the size of the bite, which is a... Yeah, classic Jaws. Bite, bite radius, bite radius. It's all about the bite radius. Uh, it's the shark's That's mom. not the shark. The shark's mom is in the park. There's a great, I did enjoy that line of Catherine's where it's like, the the guy who died's name is like, it's like Shelby Overson or something like that. Overman. Overman. I was so close. And <laughs> and the, the big bad business guy is like, oh, it's probably fine. Like the baby was in here and Overman, whatever, it's fine. And the shark's probably way out in the open ocean and is like so far away by now. And she's like, the baby was in the park. Overman died in the park. The mother is in the park. <laughs> it's yeah. a very dramatic reading and it made me laugh. Uh, the shark's in the park and then it's a action movie. Yeah, this is where I will say it started getting very boring. I think you'll agree. Because it started being a lot about like pipes and canals. And what's the thing that they keep talking about of like the airflow going in and out? Yeah, like, the like vents yeah the vents oh the vents so much talk about the vents and i was like i don't know what the fuck is going on it's something about like that filtration it's about filtration and and the the gate that they're mad about dennis quaid yeah i really don't want to talk about it because it it is again like i said it feels like a waste of time and this is the part of the movie that's really really boring yeah Uh, a guy tries to kill the shark with dynamite uh he gets eaten 
Mm-hmm. But he still has the grenade in his hand in, as he's like, like half digested. Stupid. That movie. is a real. I feel like we should talk about that when he is getting eaten. We are physically inside of the shark. The camera is POV inside shot. the shark. Yeah, as he is being like sucked in and eaten, and it is just so dumb. It's so stupid. It's only funny. And you, I know you picked up on this too because the whole movie they're talking about Jonah and the whale. They have this new exhibit open, and they're like. Jonah and the whale. They're like talking about Jonah and the whale to these SeaWorld visitors as if Jonah and the whale really happened, as if it was like a historical story. But they keep talking about it over and over again. And then it's like, ah, yes, a man inside of a shark, just like Jonah and the whale. It's dumb. Matheson thought he was real clever for that. I know yeah, it. honestly. The craziest thing a shark does is like attack an underwater tunnel so that like it starts to flood and like all these like visitors are going to die. Which That's, is wild. It's also so dumb. Like, how, like, oh, a shark can really only kill one person at once. How do we raise the stakes? I know. Let's trap everyone in an underground tunnel, and then the water's gonna rise, and it's just, it's just like another thing to add to it. With all these faceless it's tourist characters silly. that, like, we don't we care don't about. We don't care about, and, like, it doesn't matter, and it's so, it's, I mean, I know I was against comparing this to Jaws, but, like, one of the things that works so much, and I understand why they're like, oh, how do we do this? How do you take an entire group of people an entire like all these employees at SeaWorld and all of these visitors to SeaWorld versus one shark that's not very hard that's not very difficult to have them win over the shark right like yeah. how's a shark gonna be all these people and how that works so well with Jaws 1 where it's like it's not the shark versus everyone at Amity it's the shark versus these three people on a boat in the middle of the ocean yeah. and that evens the playing field so well and there was no way to even the playing field it's in this movie stupid to fight a shark but well okay jaws is a great movie they are in fact fighting a shark but i think that it, that's that's the problem with this is that they didn't know how to be like who, uh, everyone just get out of the water it doesn't matter you know yeah. like, just don't go in the water a sea world shut down for like a couple weeks but of course they never will because big bad money man is like well again the if, bottom the, if line. the shark can drown people by destroying glass just don't go in there it's just anyway, not, it's silly <laughs> they go down to try to save the people they're down in like a control room or some shit the shark's there the dolphins save them they the dolphins really do save them and then the um then his quaid i guess notices the grenade in the mouth that the guy's still holding on to and pulls yeah. it uh, and blows up the shark and then we haven't even talked about the 3D yet just you fucking wait um, <laughs> and then the jaws fly at the screen and yeah. then uh, that's Jaws 3D sound a little more excited about it <laughs> it's really bad the The whole conclusion yeah. is stupid I, again so I think I said, it's 5, 6, 7, 8 so the movie are fine and fun 5, 6, 7, 8 <laughs> yeah uh and then the last 10 minutes really, 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 really suck. Like, so bad. Yeah. Let's talk about the 3D. I think that a lot of this looks bad. I think that it's shot poorly. Um, the best it ever is is totally nondescript. Uh, there's a lot of things that look really blurry. They look really blurry because we're watching this movie in 2D. And things shot with 3D cameras <laughs> by people who don't know what they're doing yeah. uh, leads to it just looking bad in perpetuity. Yeah. The 3D effects themselves are among the worst that I've seen in a long time. Um, it The first couple are a, like a catfish like head floating at the screen. And then I think it's an arm mm-hmm. of the first person who's killed. Mm-hmm. Um, but they run out of like ideas. 
I don't even know if it's ideas. They run out of runway to do shark kills in the middle of the movie, the boring middle of the movie. So they just start, like, zooming in on, like, a statue. Or, like, there's this weird haunted house thing that uh, is at SeaWorld. And there's just, like, a tentacle, like, a, a, a very rubber prosthetic tentacle. And they just zoom in on it. It's just anything that, like, it protrudes. They're just like, this would be a 3D effect. Yeah. It looks and horrible. It's not... <sighs> It's it's it always looks horrible. The one that made me laugh the hardest, even in the even after all the catfish head in the beginning, was like the submersible, kind of drifting through the water. It looks like it's from the '60s. Like it looks way too. It looks like a cheap movie from the '60s. Yeah, like, like a, yeah, it like looks a like a Roger Corman movie. Yeah, it looks like it's floating through space. It looks like a really bad like, uh, '60s space adventure movie. Um, I will say that, but like, I do think it's, we have to say the worst ones are at the end because what I didn't realize about these images, which I think is actually good. I think that as someone who doesn't know really anything about visual effects, they hid this concept from me for a while Mm -hmm. that like now, of course, when people do 3d, they can like something can come out the screen at you in a really, um, fully detailed way and an animated way. What I didn't realize until about until the end of the movie, until the shark moment, is that it's a picture. Like the way that they did this effect is that it's just a picture. And so they can't make the picture move. It just has to move in one direction. I just want to clarify really quickly. That's not how you have to do it. Is it even in at the time? Friday the 13th, part three, oh, would true. he hold when he moves an eyeball closer to the screen, like the eyeball not- moves? Yes. That's what I don't remember. It's shot with two cameras. We don't need to get into the thing. Like, sure. It's real like 3D. Here, you're right. It is like a 60s 3D effect where yeah. they have like... Uh, it's not a picture. It's like a... Um, it's a frame. It's not like a literal picture. Sure, but... It's I mean, not a matte painting. It's like No, a, but to me, like, as, again, as someone who doesn't know anything sure. about visual effects, what it looks like is a picture of a shark. Like, not talking about picture versus yeah, video yeah, or film. Yeah, yeah. Literally, someone took a JPEG of a shark and is just, like, a PowerPoint, just moving it from place to place. There's just no way to make that look real or realistic or anything but, like, just a joke. And it when, looks like a joke. And when the thing you want it to do is for a shark... To impact glass and shatter it, oh, it's so and make bad. it look like it's gonna fall on the audience. Yeah, the shark has to be moving faster than like, than, like a snail's la- face. <laughs> it's so bad. It is. It is. Ooh. And again, again, I am so we will forgive the faults of so many cheap horror movies in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're watching. Yeah, we talked about how if you can't overlook really cheap effects and this isn't going to work for you, but it worked for us because we could, you know, mm-hmm. we can reconcile those things. Uh, but also the question of if you can't afford it, um, don't do it. Right. Like some, sometimes that's also the answer, which is like, find a more creative way to do your thing rather than the thing that looks like shit. That's also another option. If you can afford it, if you're working with, <laughs> again, double the money that Spielberg had to make E.T., you're just incompetent. Yeah. You've just failed at the very basic level of your job. Like, I just don't understand how you have... This is double the budget of uh, Star Trek II Wrath of Khan. Like, how do you fuck it up this bad? I don't know. Where I Where really did the don't... money go? It's not on screen. The money is not on screen. Pay, I, and, and everybody in it is new. Like... No, the biggest star in this movie is Lou Gossett Jr., who plays the, like, overseer of the park. Um, oh, is he famous? He had won... 
uh, the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor the year before this. Wow. That's so funny. He's a supporting character. Because I would say our four, I recognize uh, all of them. Obviously, it's Dennis Quaid. It's Bess Armstrong, who Mm -hmm. plays the mother in My So-Called Life, a a show that I love. And it's Leah Thompson's film debut. And she became huge because she was in the Back to the Future movies. Um, And my favorite movie, Some Kind of Wonderful. So, like, that's great. But these were all fairly newcomers, one would think. So they weren't costing much money. I don't know. I don't know what Dennis Quaid was like at the time. Uh, But, like, they weren't driving up the budget of this film, presumably. God, this is the same year as The Right Stuff, by the way, which Dennis Quaid was in, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, Lou Gossett was like... I mean, let's let's be honest, like, he's black in Hollywood, so the the, the ceiling of the kind right. of star he can be is not... Un- it's unfortunately, like, pretty low. But he, like, Officer and a Gentleman was the movie he'd won the gotcha. Academy Award for. Again, probably concurrently with making this. So... I can't imagine that's where all the money went. Again, yeah. again, Hollywood's racist. I can't imagine it all went to Lou Gossett Jr.'s pocket. Right, no. It's just... I agree with you that there's a version of this that I would have liked. Yeah. It's just the execution to me is garbage. And again, it's not Jaws 4. I don't hate right, this movie. Right, right. I think that's I was that's bored key. by this movie, and I think the effects are a joke. Jaws 4 is really bad. Yeah. In, it's fun bad. It's like get drunk and laugh at bad. Mm-hmm. This isn't that. This is just kind of... Not a, until the end, I would say. It's like, a hangout movie that bores you? Yes. It's just And it's fun to see these, like, young actors. Um, I, again, I always like to see a shark. I love a shark. I think that, like, the times that this is a prosthetic in this, mo- in this movie are also, fu- like, it looks good. Like, I know you didn't like the one in the, in the waiting pool or whatever, but, like, I... I don't know. I just think the shark looks good because it's probably practical and all practical sharks look better than CGI sharks, which we know from Shark Lake. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I think there are things in here that, like, it has elements that work, right? In the beginning, they're they're really doing a lot of work to establish the, like, community of these characters, right? They play a weird pushing game in the bar. Yeah. Um, Again, very reminiscent of Jaws and, like, what a fleshed-out world that is. Yes. I think it's also very reminiscent of um, sort of 80s dramas, not, like, necessarily horror movies, but, like, just some hangout time yeah, with these characters absolutely. to get to know them. And... I think the story between the two of them is very like I think they come across as a realistic couple. And oh yeah, that, for sure. That actually that but that is I wouldn't take that for granted. That's like a big thing that I feel like fails in a lot of movies that like aren't about romance or like these people love and care about each other. There's like a kind of drama about Dennis Quaid taking a job overseas, um, and is she going to go overseas. with him or not? Yeah. Uh, is she going to go with him or not? And the decision that they have to make and how in the end she's like, yeah, I think I could, I could go, I could get out of here. I could take some time away. Let's go. Um, but them just like living together. And of course, this, this vibe of Sea World where everybody in this place just dates each other. Yeah. Right. It's just, I agree. It really f- like fleshes out this world um, in a way that it was fun. Oh, I liked, I liked, I really thought the characters worked well, you know, they, they're not terrible. Yeah. Can I give you some insight for why this movie was such a mess? I would love to know. So I have two kind of like filmmaking aspects of it, which is one that the filmmakers actually initially planned to have very few pop out effects. They didn't want to do too many of them. And then the studio execs were like, you have to add more um, because they were worried audiences would leave disappointed and spread bad word of mouth if the 3D was used mainly for depth. 
I find that fascinating. Yeah. Um, because I remember very, very, very vividly seeing for the first time um, a 3D movie that was only really used for depth, which was Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, where, like, there were some 3D moments. I think there's probably a snake that comes out and the dragon probably, like, spreads its wings really wide or something. But what I remember so vividly about that movie was just that, like, I could see that Harry Potter's head was closer to me than, like, Ron's head behind him. Like, I could physically see the distance rather than assuming it based on, mm-hmm. you know, my my eyes. Uh, and... I thought that was fascinating, and I remember being like, oh my god, 3D can be so cool. It doesn't always just have to be, like, a gimmick, and it's a bummer that they The kind Universal of, was like, They gimmicks. wanted to do that more, and they were like, no, no, add more gimmicks, which is just a, a shame, but makes sense for 83, but it's always always the execs, always the studio execs. Um, and then the other thing, and this is all Greek to me, but it might mean something to you, which is that they originally shot this on... Um, the visual effects were shot and composited on video instead of film, and that was like their plan. They were going to do it for all the composite shots in the movie. Um, and it was going to be quicker and more flexible or whatever. And then, but because it was so resolution, it all looked really bad. And um, they thought, okay, maybe that's okay because it's underwater. But it was not at all. Last minute, they completely ordered the work redone. And two thirds of the planned composite shots were cut. And they were all simplified to make them easier and quicker to do versus printing. Um, and just like it ended up being really half finished. And they had to, like, they literally put in, like, blank green screens in the finished film. And they only went in to, like, fix the final, the video composited shot that remained in the final cut. So, like... Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. What the fuck? But it's a mess. Like, I just think that, like, that, this, it adds some context of that, like, they had, the filmmakers had a vision for this movie that was very different from what it ended up in. I think that's kind of key to kind of take into consideration... We had this discussion before with movies that are bad and it's like, oh, well, it's it's bad because the studio intervened or whatever. The movie's still bad. I'm not trying to defend it, but it's always interesting to see like behind the scenes some other stuff is going on. Yeah, for what it's worth, I mean, Richard Matheson, who again, I don't trust, uh, says that like Joe Alves didn't know what he was doing. He'd never made a movie before yeah, and he was a great art. production designer and he doesn't know how to direct a movie. And I, I would agree with him. Yeah, that's a bummer. I have some other kind of fun trivia for you. One of my favorite uh, trivia quotes about this movie is that Roy Scheider refused to do this. He said, Mephistopheles couldn't talk me into doing it. They knew better than to even ask. Um, Good. (laughs) Love it. He agreed to make Blue Thunder in order to ensure he was definitely and contractually unavailable for this film. Um, But then... Adjacent to that, a little Jaws 2 trivia, he made Jaws 2 reluctantly due to a contract issue with Universal Pictures because he owed the studio two films after withdrawing from Deer Hunter (laughs) to get out of this situation. He opted to do Jaws 2. And I think it's so funny that Roy Scheider is out here like, okay, 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 what can I do instead of this? What can I do instead of this? Like, he's just constantly taking films and then rejecting films based on what he decided he can't do. It's just so funny Sorry, he took Jaws 2 to get out of Deer Hunter? To get out of the contract that said we you have to be in two films after Deer Hunter. I think he just did the one. Oh, uh, okay. Because Deer Hunter was 78. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he did just do because, but he didn't want to do it, but it released him from his contract. Fascinating. So funny. Love Roy Scheider. What a man. Um, and then my other favorite, which also can give you some context of like why this was all kind of a mess to begin with. Um, is that the producers of the first two films, David Brown and Richard Zanuck, um, originally pitched this as a spoof. 
That was their plan. Oh. Based on a, a suggestion from Maddie Simmons and John Hughes, they were going to call it National Lampoon's Jaws 3, People Zero, which oh. is very funny. <laughs> um, and it was going to be about a movie studio trying to make a sequel to Jaws, which I love. I love that shit. That's like a uh, scream level, right? I enjoy it so much. Like, let's get meta with this. Yeah. Um, it was going to open with Peter Benchley, the author of Jaws, getting eaten in his pool by a shark. Uh, Joe Dante was attached as director. Oh. It would have been so good, so funny. Guess who rejected it? Steven Spielberg. He threatened to walk from his deal with Universal. Oh, my God. And when Zanuck and Brown learned it was rejected, they quit the studio. So this movie was out here ending jobs, ruining relationships. Like, it is really responsible for some shit here. Listen, Joe Dante's Jaws 3 People, People Zero, Zero oh would be God. so fun. It would be so funny, and it would be like so because meta and about filmmaking. Oh Dante my God. has the sensibility that you need, right? He like, does. He understands the fun of, like, in something like Matinee, Joe Dante proves, like, you could just have fun with a cheap, shitty horror movie, yeah. right? And just, like... Oh my god, I'm mad. I know, I knew that I knew that one was gonna get you. <laughs> I feel so many emotions. Real quick, just I was feeling crazy for a second and mm-hmm. I had to look it up. Uh, Roy Scheider's not in Deer Hunter. Roy Scheider dropped out of Deer Hunter because he didn't want to do it, and De Niro replaced him. I thought like, was Roy Scheider in like a small role in the Deer Hunter? Uh my guy, the Deer Hunter, which won Best Picture, would have been a better job <laughs> than, Jaws than Jaws 2. 2. What the fuck? Oh, well he didn't do Jaws 2 instead of Deer Hunter. That's the thing. No, he did. He quit. He quit he quit Deer Hunter and Jaws 2 was like the deal that he had to make with them. Yes. What Just do Deer Hunter, man. Just do Deer Hunter. It's so Just funny. win. He probably won the best actor. De Niro Oh my god. De Niro it's already so had an Oscar, funny. so he I I I will also say this is the last one I was going to say cuz I think it's funny that you talked about the um like script a little bit is that Richard Matheson claimed that like script doctors ruined this movie oh. and that he wanted to write it like when he was brought on he wanted to write it about a great white shark swimming upstream and becoming trapped in a lake he wanted to originate shark, shark lake, lake yeah and they said no sea world so i just think this movie is funny this is what i was talking about earlier of just like this movie is a mess it is a mess uh behind the scenes it's a mess when you watch it with your physical eyes it's a mess in every shape way shape and form and i just find it amusing i find it funny i just think it's fun i think it's fun that like everybody was fighting over what this movie was going to be about i just love that i mean again i am super bummed that this is not joe dante's jaws three people zero um but i think with what we have i i just think it's very fun i enjoyed i just said the word fun like 25 times yeah a lot a lot i really do feel like that is that is like the heart of this movie is just that like it's fun and then maybe for one second you cry because a shark died like that's how i feel that's been that was my experience watching this movie its mother is inside the park <sighs> are you ready to uh scream in joy in slow-mo as dolphins <sighs> jump up on either side of us uh and one freeze frame? comes out at the audience oh the fact this movie ends on a freeze frame i was just a freeze frame with like <sighs> dolphin superimposition. yeah real bad and Bess armstrong's doing a face that it just is not it's not right it's not the it's not the right moment it's bad it's not it's not good so yes, very yes. ready. Are we going to spin that roulette? Yeah, let's spin it. Pull it up. Our next movie will be... Cure. Holy shit! What is this? Uh, it's on my watch list. I was going to watch it next month anyway. Really? Literally, this oh, is like top fun. of my part of list. This is a Kiyoshi Kurosawa film. Oh, I love it. 1997. I think that this is... Um, 
I really don't know very much about this. Uh, it's on Criterion Channel, I can tell you right now. It's a horror movie? Uh, yeah, I think it's like a serial killer horror movie. Interesting, interesting. Love that. We don't do a lot of those. Yeah, I think it it, it might be one of those ones that's kind of on the line of like crime thriller versus horror movie. It's that's interesting that it's listed as yeah. horror here. We have to do this. This is fate. I'm excited. That's fun. I love it. I hope it's enough of a horror movie to justify this because I'm pretty sure... We've done worse. <laughs> I guarantee you. I... As long as somebody dies, that's oh, all that matters. There will be there will be death. There will be blood. Yeah, I was almost said that. Cure. Kurosawa's Cure from 1997. I'm so excited. This is like Excellent. literally top of my watch I'm list. so glad. <laughs> Sometimes the roulette really comes through. It really does sometimes. Aw, roulette. I'm thrilled. I'm so glad. Until then, you can check us out on our website at nowscreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook at nowscreaming. Be sure to leave us a like and a review on your podcatcher of choice and tell your friends. Yeah. To do the same. I would love to see some reviews on the on the the old podcast app. Show us the reviews. Show us the reviews. Tell us your thoughts. Come talk to us about sharks. Yeah, if you um if anything I said about sharks you feel like is incorrect, feel free to come correct me. I am not a marine biologist. I just love sharks and I love to watch videos of them. Um so definitely feel free to come talk to me about sharks. Yeah, talk to Liz about sharks. I don't care that much. Well, maybe you should. Maybe you should. Talk, you can talk to our now screaming to Twitter about sharks, and Liz will be the one responding. I will. Shark enthusiast. I will. Liz Smart. Thanks, as always, to Wes Craven, and to Dennis Quaid, who said that he was the most addicted to cocaine he ever was while making this <gasps> film, and that quote he was high on cocaine during every frame of this movie. Oh my god! Well, that's something. That's a that's the legacy of horror movies in in a small way. Yeah. Just a lot of cocaine. Hope he's doing all right. Oh god. Hope I don't he's... think he is. Oh, is he not? I feel like well there was definitely a point where it was like stop liking Dennis Quaid. He's problematic. And I feel like maybe it was, Are you sure? it was due to drugs. I don't know. I don't know. Sure you're not thinking of his brother? Who's his brother? Randy Quaid? Maybe. His brother like absconded to Canada or something crazy. I don't know. I don't know. I like Dennis Quaid. I've seen The Parent Trap many times. I love that man. Until next time, everybody. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Stay spooky.